I never thought that a man that looked like Ravishing Rick Rude could try to act like Prince and sing a song like that. Monster Movie Podcast. Oh. Sorry, I'm panting. I was, um, I was dancing. And, uh, I'm delusional because I'm sick. I hope so. Whew. Oh, man. You're right. Nick. I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding you. I have I have a serious life-threatening story to tell you guys. Okay, go ahead. You have so, five minutes. As as you guys know, uh, as the viewers probably don't know, I was out of town this past week in St. Louis. Okay. And for those of you who probably saw on the news, Minnesota got hit like this past weekend by probably one of the worst blizzards in 20 years. I don't know. Was that and, this weekend? They'll blend together. More, more like two of them. It was more like two of them. Yes. And Lucky Zach drove home Sunday right through the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> How does that feel? Uh, it didn't feel good. We ended up, uh, I ended up missing my first day at work because I couldn't get home. Not a good start. That's not a no, good start. No, not a good start. Not at ideal. least I called at the time. So we ended up staying at uh, the driver, uh, co-worker of the driver's house out in New Hampton's northeastern Iowa, right in the middle of the storm, and we watched the Oscars there. And boy. All right, all right. Hold on. Zach, 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 do not. Okay, listen. We'll get to that later, but man, dude. Okay, so what happened to your leg? uh, It may not be here anymore. Let's go with that. He left a leg in Iowa, Alex. I did. Frostbite. Jokes aside, though, um, driving through that dude was really scary. There was like every every thirty feet on the on the drive up, thirty five was like. A rundown car or something. I mean, it was scary, man. Like driving in that was just scary, and all the roads were closed. And fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't picked Try up that the hint, one week. <laughs> if you haven't picked up the hint, we uh, we are somewhere. All three of us are located somewhere in suburban Minneapolis, and we are buried in like several feet of snow. Um, call oh, FEMA and send help, please. Um, call FEMA and send help. No, just call, call some eagles because some hobbits just tried to throw a ring into a snow pile. <laughs> Imagine call them. Just trying to make snow angels. Spring comes I, up. I don't know. Yeah. Find an oh, ice of, a, of a, a deformed <laughs> hobbit and you're like, what is this? <laughs> so, um... Apparently. Um, okay. So, before we... I had to make a Lord of the Rings joke. So, um, an admission of... Uh, I have to make a confession. I was wrong about my prediction. I expected to be wrong. I, that's why I said it was bold. 
We, in fact, do not have a title for episode nine yet. I do not know when. It's probably going to be around celebration, in which case, Zach, shut up. Um, Hey, 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 hey. You might have not gotten what you wanted, but I got some stuff I wanted. No, you didn't. Um, Oh, yes, I did. You know what I got this week? Zach went on a 20-minute, like, on almost a... 10 minute tangent before we started recording about the oh, Oscars, no, no. which That's we will get to. to do with the other thing I'm going to go on a tangent about. We got another Detective Pikachu trailer. That. And we next Pokemon Generation. <laughs> so, Detective Pikachu. I got that one, Kristen. <laughs> get me the heck out of here. <laughs> I am all in on this movie. I'm all in. Let's go. Oh, the, the Detective Pikachu? Let's go. Oh, yeah, it's going to be one of the best movies of the year. Like, no, of all time. Movie. Of all it's time. It's great. It's, gonna, it's over. It's not going to be better than Avengers. And it's not going to be better than Star Wars, but it's nope. going to be a hell of a good. <laughs> um, Alex, did you watch also, the trailer? Ryan Reynolds' little, like, two-minute thing he posted about basically foregoing his wife and his daughters to play Detective Pikachu was... <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, so, for those of you who are considering it, go see Detective Pikachu. It's going to be hilarious. Please... Please, um, no, n- n- now that we've said it, it it's probably going to be a disaster. Um, anyway, Dark Phoenix Please. got a trailer uh, too. Oh, that, that doesn't mean anything, dude. We got a Detective Pikachu trailer. It means something to me. I'm all in on Dark Phoenix too. People say it's a disaster, but how bad could it actually be? We'll find out. We're going to find out. Um, gonna be a, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's gonna be a disaster, but it's certainly it'll be better than Last Stand. But that's not saying much. It's written by the guy. It's written by the guy who made Last Stand. That's even worse. We're gonna find <laughs> out. Um, Chris, oh man, I I don't have quite so much hope. The trailer spoils a lot, so I'm not gonna go into uh, too much depth here. But um, yeah. They, they certainly don't hide, like, the big inside, inciting incident of the movie, but it also doesn't hide how much it's very much like a last stand already. But better. Yes. <sighs> Maybe. So, and so, um, did anything else happen besides what we're going to talk about? Detective Pikachu. We already talked about Detective Pikachu. It's going to be great. Ryan Reynolds. And... <sighs> uh, anyway. Um... Uh, well, there was one thing I want to mention. I got to I gotta think about it. Besides uh, what we're going to talk about, no, do, no, not, for, do but, not go ahead of me. Uh, no, 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 no. This is completely beside the point. Okay. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um... I'm looking at my news thing right Damn. now. See what I missed. Uh, some it movie stuff. Patient, uh, uh, folks. He's still reeling for the frostbite. <laughs> uh, some uh, some Jordan Peele Usta. That movie looks messed up. I'm so excited. Wait, which movie? Pet Cemetery. Uh, some uh. More Captain Marvel people saying it was a solid movie. Good. Bunch of MCU stuff. 
Oh yeah, we're uh, not getting. They're gonna. They just keep repeating information with this Guardians three thing. Uh, it's gonna uh, take a long time. We're using James Gunn's script. But we're not bringing him back because he's already signed up for Suicide Squad, and we don't want him back. Or Disney doesn't want him back. They're just repeating information. We're probably not gonna get it till twenty twenty two or something like that. If even that, if we get it at all. I read something. Um, what was it? Something just finished film. Oh, Godzilla vs. Kong wrapped filming this month. They haven't even released a second Godzilla movie. I know. They're going so fast. I mean... I'm so excited for them. I, I mean, mean yeah. These movies are getting released back-to-back, dude. Like, Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out next year. Yeah. No, wait. No, that is coming out next year. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, King of the Monsters. I was like, what are you talking about? No, uh, King of the Monsters is coming out in, like, two months. Uh, Godzilla yeah, that, is coming out that, that, uh, that, that Godzilla came out, like, 2014, oh, and yeah. Skull Island yeah, came yeah. out, what, last year? 2017? No, 2017, yes. Yeah. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, they need to get Godzilla back out there. No, wait a yeah, minute. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that we're getting movies back to back. Let's just go with that. Oh um, yeah, I'm okay, still surprised yeah. why Kong isn't first. I I don't understand why Kong isn't first. We 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 had this conversation. I don't even know, but who knows? Oh, I gotta <laughs> furiously type for a second. Not very furious and not very typey. Oh. Yeah, it's more like kind of like. Very calm. <laughs> okay, it was 2017. All right, then I'm done. Oh, oh, uh, Kevin Feige said some. Uh, not, uh, not Kevin Feige. Uh, Bob Iger said some interesting stuff this week. Not interesting to me. I don't care. He's uh, actually, this might be interesting to you. No, well, uh, so Bob Iger said that Marvel will be doing some R-rated movies, but the plan is to release them under the Fox banner. <laughs> That's why they got Fox. That's why they bought Fox. So they can do R-rated Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like their new place for adults where they can drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Hellboy got an official rating. Oh yeah, that's the thing. He got rated R for bloody violence and gore. No, really. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Sorry. <laughs> Um, anything else besides that? Uh, Rob Delaney is in, uh, Detective Pikachu, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Um, Rob Delaney plays Peter from Deadpool 2. Really? Yep. Oh! (laughs) Okay. Okay, I see that. I can see that. Alright, I'm back. Okay. (laughs) I can see that. All right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people can see that. Okay. Uh, Anything uh, else? What else is going on? Uh. Oh, uh, I guess like. I don't know. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else either. No, nothing really crazy happened other than the thing that we're going to talk about. All right. Should we just get into it then? Let me get the timer ready. Might as well. I'm going to rant about it eventually. 
I, I love the Lost in Translation soundtrack, and they're going to release that on vinyl for Record Store Day. Hey. And that's pretty cool to me. <laughs> uh, okay. Lost in Translation soundtrack. Love it. All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. So let's do that Oscars. Oscars 2019. Now, Zach, before you start, I didn't realize this, but... Um, so I accidentally made plans for the entire day. What happened was, because of all the storms, and because of the, because we're buried up here in the north, um, my grandpa turned 88, um, we were gonna have his party on Saturday, but then it got moved to Sunday. I forgot it was Oscar Sunday. So then, I then... Decide, okay, I'm going to take Mom to see How to Trade Dragon 3. And you'll have my thoughts on that movie later. So I end up, so I then I forgot that, oh wait, it's Oscar Sunday. And I completely missed the Oscars. Now, I did catch up as much as I could. Yeah, so, you didn't miss much. So first man... <laughs> Won best visual effects. The wild card won. Um, that should that, never have even been a wild card. It should never have been. It should never freaking won it. This is all I know. That first man won, and like everybody's like, "Huh? Okay." Throw, I made the joke on Facebook. Throwing a moon at somebody isn't good enough. You have to just land on it. Um, really. And then Rami Malek won Best Actor. Should never got it. Okay, now here's where. Okay, now I was. I was. That this is, been just, honestly. I've don't been do so not rip into this. Do not rip into this yet. Let me finish for God's sake. Now, I had heard uh-huh. that he killed it as Freddie Mercury. That's what I heard. I never. I haven't gotten to any of these movies because it's just. This is not last. This is not last year where I had enough time. This is not last year. I did not have enough time. Um, mm-hmm. But I heard he killed it as Freddie Mercury. Um, it's all right. So, uh, so I'm like, okay, that's probably what everybody thought he was what was going to happen. I, I didn't see who else was nominated. Honestly, um, I just thought that's, he's probably going to take it because that's the talk of the town. Um, what else? Best animated went to Spider Verse as it should have. Thank God this game ain't rigged. Um, to this year, this year, um, so Spider Verse definitely should have won, and it won 100 percent behind yeah, it. Good the best. That's movie. actually one of the few. That's one of the few uh, choices I actually agree with. And then <laughs> above um, Black Panther, Black Clansman. <laughs> A Star is Born. <laughs> Green Book won Best Picture. Yep. All I know is that Aragorn and Cottonmouth are in the movie, and it's a Miss Daisy, but about, but I guess more relevant politically. That's mm-hmm. all I've heard, and it's not that interesting. I've heard it's just not that interesting. Compared to A Star is Born, which is apparently what people complain about as a remake. And... It's a good remake. And then there was... 
Uh, then I saw Black Panther. Um, Roma. Should have gotten it. Oh, yeah, then Roma. Roma was the one. Roma was the one that should have won. That's what, I'm, that's what I've been told, is that Roma should have been the one. Um, I disagree with that. I, I think Black Klansman should have won, but that's beside the point. Racist. Um, I, I disagree. I mean, but, Roma, Roma was the clear winner. I'm going to be honest. Roma or Black Klansman, I would, I would have been happy with anything but what actually won it. <laughs> um... That's all I. That, that's all I heard. Everybody's in an uproar. Spike Lee got mad. Um, oh, Spike Lee walked out. Spike, walked Spike out. Lee walked out. I saw the Chadwick Boseman meme. Um, it's a. Uh, this year was very controversial, because um, that's just the power of Aragorn, man. He's 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 eternal. He'll live forever. Um. So yeah, congrats to the winners. Zach, you may go. So, I would better describe this whole this whole uh, Oscar season as should never won it. <laughs> should have never won. Uh, <laughs> I very much disagree with many of the choices. Uh, for starters, Green Book should never have been in contention. Like Alex said, it probably should have gone to Roma or Black Klansmen or. A Star is Born, you know, whatever, one of the three would have been just perfectly fine. Um, you know, Best Actor in a Leading Role, uh, Rami Malek should have never won. Rami Malek is not good in the, that good in this movie. It should have either gone to Willem Dafoe or Bradley Cooper or Christian Bale. Any of the three would have been fine again. Oh, I actually, right. I actually would have personally been fine with Bradley Cooper. I think Bradley Cooper actually was the Best Actor of the Year. Uh, Willem Dafoe with a close second, followed by Christian Bale, followed by Viggo Mortensen, and then Rami Malek. Uh, lead actress, uh, you know, Alex was talking to me a little bit beforehand. I don't personally agree uh, with Olivia Coleman, but he made a good point. She probably should have gotten it, even though I think Glenn Close or Lady Gaga should have won it. Should have got it. Should have got it. Yeah, it's fake news. Um, again, Marshall Ali, great actor, but I think best supporting actor should have either gone to Sam Elliott or Adam Driver. Uh, either of them are much better. Uh, lead actress, yeah, I haven't seen any of them. So honestly, Regina King probably was fine winning that. <laughs> Uh, although Emma Stone or Rachel Wise or, or Marina De Chirada would have all been great too. I, I don't think anybody would have been fine that. Uh, cinematography, actually, Alfonso Coriano got. That's who should have won it. Fallout uh, should have been nominated. What? Fallout should have been nominated. No. No, it should have been nominated. I'm not saying it should have won. It should have been nominated. Uh, best directing, uh, Alfonso. Well, wait, didn't Spike Lee win Best Director? No, he wrote... He, best, no. uh, best Adapted Screenplay, I think. Oh, he won Best Adapted Screenplay. I'm sorry. Uh, Zach, get it, your facts right. Dude, I dude, I was angry that whole night. I, You got it. I was in, like, a cold Certain rage. respect. You uh, worked hard on these films. Alfonso Cuarano definitely deserved Best Directing. I actually think it's kind of funny that last year, uh, Cuarano's best friend won it, and this year he won it. So, you know... It means next year their third friend in that trio needs to win it, I guess. 
Anything else? Uh, you know, uh, film editing, went to Bohemian Rhapsody. I could probably see that. That's actually probably fine. I I don't have too much disagreement with that. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, uh, Vice probably was great for that. Uh, best original score, Ludwig Gorsen. He's he's a guy. Yes. He, he knows how to get work done. I'm not even going to talk about best original song because we already know what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Shallow. Oh. No, it doesn't matter. It's it's shallow. It, it's been played on the radio for 100 million times. It's going to continue to get played on the radio 100 million times. Lady Gaga won her Oscar. Should have went to Bohemian Rhapsody. That song is great. Yep. Doesn't matter. Uh, Black Panther won Best Production Design. That's Yeet. pretty sweet. Uh, short film anime. I didn't see who won that. Oh, Bao won it. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, Bao. Yay, I won a song. Bao won it. That's great. Bao. Uh, um, short film live action was Skin, which I like that. I thought that was fantastic. Skin. That being an Israeli film. Um... Sound editing went to Bohemian Rhapsody. That's probably a movie that should have gotten sound editing, to be honest. People were saying A Star Is Born should have won that one. Who? Some people people said that uh, A Star Is Born should have won that one. No, that sound mixing is the one. Oh, they oh no, no. Quiet Place should have won sound editing. Was it even nominated? Yes. Okay, well, sorry, I can't argue against that. Continue. Sound mixing was won by Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, probably should have been A Star is Born, to be 100% honest with you. And then... <sighs> yes! Best visual effects. <laughs> this was... Okay, to be fair, though... Oh, to be fair, no, Zach, hold on. Let me, uh, let me pause you for a second. No, 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 no. I earned this. All right. <laughs> Who in their right mind thought that first man... Had better visual effects than a Star Wars movie, a superhero movie, or Ready Player One. I, mean, I think I might have a good argument. I'm not even going to talk about the fifth movie because that should never have been nominated. But Don't that's even not try, Alex. He's going to go. Well, I, I mean, I have a, I think I, I have an argument for it. I, I just, I, I am baffled. True, truly baffled. I mean, I understand that. That the Academy is a bunch of old white men who are like, oh. Ryan Gosling, man. Best Picture nominee is a movie from the same franchise as one of your visual effects nominees, and the one that's up for nomination is a better visual movie that literally stole visual artists from a Best Picture nominee to make it look good loses to a movie about Lance fucking Armstrong. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? My mind is like exploded. I can't perceive the conversation that people fucking had about that. Wait, wait. Lance? I can preface this. Who in their right mind Thought that was a good idea. But let me ask you this for a sec. Hold on. Yes. Have you seen Have you seen First Man? Yes. Okay. So I, my next question would be: Do you think that best visual effects should go to the movie with 
the most visual effects or the one that uses their visual effects the most effectively? I think the one that uses the most effectively, but I think that is still Infinity War. I think... That's the thing. I, I think it's still Hold Infinity on. No, War. Zach, 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 let Alex, let, let Alex go. I, I don't know if it's necessarily... I mean, the intent of Infinity War is to be an action movie. It is to have, like, it is to be fantastic. It is to be a superhero movie. And it is a seamless-looking one. Yes. And it does make the impossible po- feel possible, yes. for sure. And that's, but, honestly... But, huh, Zach, let him finish. But I do think when it comes to First Man, it puts you in that capsule... It makes you fear for the lives of these people. It makes you understand the terror that comes with being an astronaut for people who probably grew up as kids going, I want to be an astronaut, but they have no idea what it's like to be in that capsule. And that is, that is the, they didn't use every single visual effects possible to make an Apollo 13 gravity type situation. They used the amount that they could with the money they had, because it still wasn't the most expensive movie ever. Um, and they made something truly effective with it. Do I think you can make an argument for both films winning that award? Yes. But do I think that there's a valid argument for why First Man won? Yes. Do I also think you could say these are old white people, they probably appreciated a very calm, slow movie about like someone their age, as opposed to a big, wow, boom, Sam kind of movie that is the uh, precipice of 18 other movies before it? Absolutely. That could be a factor for sure. But I do think you can make an argument for First Man earning um, some sort of recognition for what it does with uh, what it has. Yes, I think it deserves some kind of recognition, but I don't... The thing is, is I I think that that at that point needs to go to something like production design or... You know, or something else. I don't think visual effects is the correct category. Then I don't disagree that First Man didn't deserve to be nominated. Why, why, why do you think that it's the not the right category for First Man? Because not because a lot of First Man is done practically. It's not visual. Yes, yes, but at the same time, I have seen First Man too. But yes. what they do, what they do, do with it is pretty impressive for the little money that they had for the small yes. company they had doing it for. I, I, I don't think you, I don't think there's any other, I, I'm, I'm just saying for what they awarded it for, I think it earned it. I think there are other things you could give that movie. I mean, if you're going to give it production design, you might as well give hidden figures production design a couple years ago. I but, agree. But at the end of the day, it's like, Look at the film. Look at the crew. Look at what they did, and yeah. I think the I think the voters were like, "Well, you have ILM and Ready Player One, and yeah. really all that spectacle like brings this world to life, but it doesn't really. We don't really walk away with anything. Infinity War is the same thing. There's a lot of like stuff brought to life. There's a lot of characters brought to life. There's a lot of reality brought to a lot of fantastic stuff that has earned merit over 18 movies. Sure. But then they looked at First Man, and they saw this small little crew with this small little computer company, and they looked at what they did with it, and it impressed them. And I think that's what they wanted to give an award for. Every now and then, I think, in every award show, they give the right award 
for the right reasons, or at least what they think are the right reasons, whether it's the necessary, the best argument or not. I think this was one of those times where everyone voting was like, well, we could give it to these big budget movies, which are just going to look better throughout the years. And nothing was really necessarily groundbreaking about Infinity War outside of the fact that it just looked really good. It didn't really do anything or change anything the way Spider-Verse changed animation. But maybe First Man did something with his visual effects that we don't know yet because we didn't do any of the research. Maybe it did something with its uh, technology to create something that we don't understand yet with the little bit of money that it had. That, that's what I always try to look into when it comes to yeah. stuff like this. But I feel like in this case, there were I agree with you, but I think the spirit of the award for visual effects is the idea of bringing something fantasy, that's fantasy to a sense of realism, to a sense of life. It's the, the whole... The whole spirit of the award for visual effects is exemplified by movies like Ready Player One and Avengers Infinity War. And even to an extent, a movie like Christopher Robin, where it's just, it's Ewan McGregor acting against nothing, you know? Uh, see, I don't think that's necessarily what the award should be for. I mean, I think, I think all of those are examples of how special effects are used to their most or pushed to their limits but the award at least for me is when like when i think of when the when the effect is used most effectively to tell the story there's things that are like a part of the genre which when it comes to superhero stories you you need to have action you need to have like fights and stuff like that but when it comes to the genre it needs to be fantastical so it needs to like look all these crazy things and everything so you need a lot of visual effects sure can you tell the story of that like guy coming in to like four different places or five different places or whatever, and then grabbing stones that would give him the power to control everything? Yeah, you can still tell that story. You don't you don't need all those visual effects to tell that story. It wouldn't necessarily be superheroes and villains and stuff like that, but you could make people feel for a guy who could do that and take all these superheroes or very strong, capable people and make them do that. And you can still tell that story, but you can do it practically in the backyard or on set without any visual effects at all and still tell that story compellingly. You can do the same thing with with First Man. You can tell that story, sure, but it's not going to be as effective unless you have the visual effects to take you that extra mile. And that's, I feel like, a decent argument for First Man. I, and don't get me wrong, I, I picked Infinity War on my ballot. I I guess to me it just seems like a very odd choice. Not not that I don't think First Man doesn't deserve it, not that I don't think it wasn't great, and not that I don't think that it used it. Because I, I feel like it's it's a it's a movie that really its avant garde brings you in. And it's a movie where its production design really makes you feel like you're in that capsule and you're feeling what you're feeling there and that the vision you don't need the visual effects to tell that story. You can do all that on a set, building your set and shooting in that set. And that's where I feel like from that perspective, it's a better production design than it is a visual effect. By the way, can I, can I intervene for just a second? I can confirm that, um, uh, Lance Armstrong is a cyclist, not an astronaut. You're thinking of Neil Armstrong. Yeah. I thought that was weird. 
sure, whatever. <laughs> anyway. After anyway. your entire argument, Zach, you lose. <laughs> Clearly. Um, I just... That's... And that, that's just my, my thing, is I think... It, not that I don't think the movie doesn't deserve it, not that I don't think... I just think it was in the wrong category. That That's really my, my argument. Ha- having seen both the movies, I think you could make an argument for both of them winning that award. Yes. Okay. Anything else? Uh, uh, I, I would say my take on the whole Oscars would probably be... Um, I like that Olivia Coleman won. She's really good, and she's been around for a while, and the favorite had to win for something, so I'm glad they picked her. Glenn Coase is a great actress who will probably continue to work and get nominated again, and although she hasn't won, this was, she gave a really good performance in a very so-so movie, whereas Coleman's performance is really, really good in a really, really good movie, and I think they felt that since the favorite wasn't going to win anything else, that they should give it something especially for how many awards has it been nominated. Um, I think uh, Remy Malek's performance is good. I think it's really good towards the end. Um, I don't believe him at the beginning, or at least the first half of Bohemian Rhapsody, mostly because I don't like his character. And I happen to just, like, once I really thought about that movie, I realized there's no arc to his character until he gets cancer. Until like he's until he's like done or like AIDS. I'm sorry. Until he's done being a jerk and he gets AIDS and he realizes I'm dying now and I want to make amends to all my friends because I was such a jerk. We got to see him be a jerk and then want to make amends. But everything before then, if you didn't know Queen was a real band, you're just kind of watching this guy already be a rock star, and that just kind of sucks. Uh, but I do think that his second half stuff is good. I do like that Freddie, and I do like his performance of him. And I do think that the last 10 minutes is great karaoke, for sure. It's a great lip-sync battle, for sure, absolutely. But um, Christian Bale was the best performance out of that roster, for sure. I think you could give some credit to Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper's great, and he's actually given great performances before and been nominated for him. But Christian Bale was the best performance. Whether you like Vice or not, he became Dick Cheney. He was Dick Cheney. It just, it was it. It like, sometimes method acting is it, and that was it. And they didn't want to, I, I don't know why they gave it to Malik. I really don't. Um, I love Malik. I think he's great. I've liked him in a bunch of stuff before, but I don't think this was the thing to give it to him for. And I think it was, again, because they didn't think Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win anything else. The fact that it won editing blows my mind, because, like, if anything, Fallout should have been nominated for editing. Because if, if I would have wanted Fallout to be nominated for anything, just anything at all, I would have picked editing. Because the fact that it took four months to shoot the bathroom fight alone is insane. Not, not to mention all the other practical crazy stunts that they do in that movie. But um, I don't... Uh, it's a mess. Bohemian Rhapsody is just a mess. So the fact that they're giving it editing probably has to do with the fact that the editor cleaned up whatever mess it was to make it palatable to the point that everybody seems to really enjoy the movie. Um, Regina Regina Hall is really good in Beale Street and she deserves it yeah um, I kind of wish they'd have given it to one of the other favorite actresses but I guess since they gave it to Coleman they felt like that was enough that's just a really heavy hitter those are three heavy hitters 
female actresses in that movie. The movie's weird, and you can have your own thoughts about it, but at the end of the day, those three actresses fucking bring it. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Like, Lady Gaga is going to do something else in the future, and she'll get nominated, probably. It just kind of sucks that, like, this is someone who really, 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 I think, is going to go somewhere. Yeah, no, she has a future. She'll be a Barbra Streisand where one day she'll, you know, have another second musical performance and she'll kill it. But um, I think they just sort of thought, A, we've seen her act before and we know she's good, sure. But, like, wow, the, the New York theater nerd pop star was really good at playing a, a girl who becomes a pop star that makes that makes absolute sense in their minds. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but that's probably what was going through their minds. Um, I mean, the the tough thing is, especially when you look at her other roles, and the fact that she's won awards for her acting before. She won a Golden Globe for American Horror Story. No, no, she's only done done one other real acting role, and that was Hotel, and yes, she did get recognized for it. No one's saying she's not a good actress. I I know, she got... She yeah. won. I'm getting saying she got recognized for it. Did she uh, win I'm saying, for that too? Probably not. Um, but what? All, all I'm saying is, when it came to this movie and her performance, all the weight was really on Bradley Cooper. And if they weren't going to give it to Bradley Cooper for all the work he did to create that movie, including find and feel, find uh, Lady Gaga a spot in there for it to work for her and to make it work within her confines and him still being a first time director and acting so good on his own terms if they weren't going to celebrate him which they didn't then they weren't going to celebrate her it's kind of that simple this was the Bradley Cooper show and if they weren't going to give anything to him they weren't going to give her best actress period yeah. um, uh, Alf- Alfonso Cuaron winning cinematography and director and best foreign film over something like shoplifters and then getting beaten out by green book for best picture is ridiculous because Roma was the best picture of the year. Like yeah. bar none. I, I, I haven't seen a star is born. Uh, and that's the other, one of the other most popular movies of the year. But out of all the other ones that I did see, and I haven't even seen green book. Um, I can tell you right now, Roma's better than Green Book. Cause, uh, and I, I, there's nothing against Michelle Ali or Viggo Mortensen or even, uh, I think it's Peter Farrelly. But I, I, I already know that story. That story's been told a million times. There is no way on God's green earth that a Farrelly brother is going to make a, an exceptional version of that story so much so that it's going to affect me the way that Roma did. Roma broke my heart. Roma really shook me down to the core. It's beautiful. It's passionate. It's personal. It's a it's a artist at the peak of his craft while creating something one and uh, that is one and wholly uh, artistic. So he every single frame in that movie is meticulous, but also every frame in that movie is meticulously. Uh, attempted to portray uh, a moment of reality so that some of the actresses didn't even know what their story was going some of the moments weren't necessarily um, uh, planned out properly some of the actors didn't know what the other actors were going to do he always invited the op- the possibility of improvisation both visually and through his actors he was trying to capture moments as much as he was trying to create them 
Rome is a perfect, perfect movie. But Roma is a perfect example of the movie that doesn't ever win the Oscars. That's, you know, Tree of Life or um, Boyhood or something like that, where really it honestly is the best picture of the year. You know, I think the best example where we had a year where the the best picture and probably the most exceptional art film were neck and neck was 2007 with There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. Like that, that is a Sophie's choice because one is almost a little bit more popular than an art film and the other one's like a straight up art film. And the art film is almost always the best picture of the year. They've been saying that about Roma for about a year and a half. It was. You look at those nominees, Roman Roma was the best picture of the year, but it was foreign. So they gave a foreign film and it was it was a Netflix movie, so they didn't want to reward it for that either. It but at the end of the day, Roma was the best movie of the year, bar none. All I want, all I have to say on the end is next year, Alejandro G. Inaradio better win Best Director. I don't know. He, hasn't he already won a couple times? No, I mean, it, the there's a reason behind it, though. Because last year, Satoro won. This year, Coriano won. And next year, Inarito needs to win because they're, they're, they're all really good friends. And they I, all I, he, make other's movies. I, I would say, ironically, out of the three of them, he's the one I want to win the least. He's the one I think his films are as as well crafted as his movies are. They're also the ones that I feel are the most disingenuine, or the ones that I disagree with the most thematically. In terms um, of like Birdman and The Revenant, you really disagree with those two? I, I think there are a lot of things that I could disagree with on Birdman, and I think that there are things that I can probably argue as to why The Revenant isn't necessarily like the best film ever, but yeah. it like. Out of the three of them, I've always liked Karan better, so I'm really happy that Roma won. Yeah. Like, as many awards as it did, that he won, like, cinematographer and director and foreign film. Um, that's three major awards that he got to walk away with. And he earned them, because yeah. Roma's amazing. Well, I mean, didn't didn't Shape of Water walk away with those last year? I think he won director, uh, and it wasn't a foreign film. Um, but well, I believe he won uh, director and picture director score and design, and he was nominated for like everything. If <laughs> for for Del Toro to get what Karan got, he would have had to have won for screenwriting. Karan gets his third for like, and I, and it's interesting because he he was his own cinematographer, and that's the point. Like directing and best picture they go with it but then there's this third thing that he did that he really actually put extra blood sweat and tears in and that would have been del toro's screenwriting but he didn't win that uh but i love the fact that karan won cinematography because he earned it he earned every everything about roma is beautiful yeah okay it's done we've it's Um, been said right Everything's been said, right? I mean, I'll bitch about I, I it would, for a few I, years, but I, it, 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 it's just what it is. <laughs> is a hard win for everybody. It's 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 a really backwards decision, and um, I don't think anyone's going to be comfortable with it for a while. I feel real bad for everyone involved in the movie because now there's like this sour, sour apples taste in their mouth. But um, one of my favorite things to do after 
the Oscars is to catch up on all the movies I lost because I saw all these like new previews and stuff for things that I never got around to. Um, so I'm finally slaughtering through a bunch of movies that I haven't seen yet, which means I got to see Spider-Verse and Fallout. Yes! 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 Dude, I'm on my feet right now. You don't even know. Oh my god. Okay. Let's work our way up. Let's work our way up. How's Spider-Verse? Uh, I loved Spider Verse. First yes! of all, I love anything by I love anything by Phil and Miller. I I uh, I, I God, Lord, Lord and Miller are great. They they've yet to make anything that I dislike. I even remember when Clone High came out, and I was watching that shit on MTV. But I love Lord and Miller. Um, outside of that, the animation is great. The story is great. It looks amazing. It's heartfelt. Um, it's one of the best Spider Man stories around. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect movie. Told you. It's it one of the best feel, movies of the year. It, It'll go down the street as a perfect movie. Yes. You know what's kind of really funny is Marshala Ali's character in Spider-Verse is played by uh, Don Glover in the MCU. Yeah, and also Donald Glover plays Miles Morales in Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> so it's just like, it just walk, it's just all circles around in some way. <laughs> I told Don you. Glover. I told you it was a perfect movie, and I knew you would think the exact same. I don't know if I'd say it's a perfect movie, but no, it's, it's a very. I, I think it's a perfect movie. I, I I really don't have very many complaints about it. Visually, it's great. Thematically, it's great. Character-wise, it's great. You can, uh, yeah. I just think it's great. I loved how Nick Cage was just kind of there. <laughs> I love Jack Johnson. I love John Mulaney. Like. <laughs> Uh, Haley Stanfield was great too. Like everybody was great. Yeah. All right, dude. Um, All right, dude. Dude, 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 dude. Trivers Fisk was great. Hold on, hold on. Alex, tell me about Fallout, man. You gotta tell me about Fallout. I've been waiting for this. Um, it was okay. It was alright. Um, <laughs> fell asleep halfway through. Um, I was having this conversation about quantum mechanics in the middle of it. it was so much more interesting. Uh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw like some paint dry for a bit, and that caught my attention. So, yeah, dude, Fallout's great. Fallout was amazing. Like, uh, I, I I went through all of the other. I did my own little marathon of all the other Mission Impossible movies, which means I still have to do my uh, my last and final Mission Impossible movie, which will always be Collateral for me. Collateral is always the last Mission Impossible. I I just wanna I just wanna state one thing about Fallout, and this is kind of funny, but not really. Uh, you can blame Mission Impossible Fallout for the for the horrendous visual effects work that was done to Justice League. Why is that? Because because mustache. Uh, be, because mustache. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because it, mustache. It, it, that's why. But here's the thing, like, like, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's it, just funny. It's just really. It is super bad. It is super bad how noticeable his fake mustache is in the movie. But that's still like D on the ABCs of what's wrong with that movie. Oh yeah, no, I agree. It's just, it's just really funny that like the the mustache incident. You can blame only one movie for that, and it's Mission Impossible Fallout. It was still the better movie. Oh, hundred times. He, oh, he chose right on that one. He he picked the right movie. 
No, yeah, he 100% picked the right movie. I just think it was hilarious. I just think it's hilarious. So I, I went through all the Mission Impossible movies. I would say the first one is still personally, might personally be my favorite, just for nostalgia, pushes it over that edge a little bit more. Um, I just think it's a perfect, like, episodic movie. Like, you get an adventure for half an hour, an adventure for half an hour, and then an action-packed adventure at the end. It's just three little sections. It's perfect. It's tight. It's stylized. The action's great. You're always on the edge of your seat. I, I still think that first movie is, like, tight as a drum, perfect. Um, I get why everyone, like, swoons over Ghost Protocol these days, though. Ghost Protocol is kind of perfect and in the realm of Mission Impossible movies, because, like, two is out of this world. Three is boring. Like, there's nothing visually going on in that movie. And then actually got me the into fourth the franchise. one. Go ahead. The, uh, I was just saying, uh, three actually got me into the franchise. I think there are things to like about three, but I think the point of the series to begin with was to find directors to like voice their style. And like John Woo is too much. Brian De Palma is the perfect even. And um, or maybe just a little bit too much stylized, I would say. Just a little bit too much salt there. But J.J. Um, Abrams is the other end of the spectrum. Like, there are things to like about that movie, sure. But if you really, like, try to think about how that movie looks or try to think about Jonathan Reese Myers, Myers' character or Maggie Q or, like, even what Philip Seymour Hoffman was trying to do, like, halfway through that movie, you just forget it. And it's because it just doesn't have a look to it. It doesn't really look great. But Ghost Protocol is the perfect balance of all of that. It, it's the perfect balance of having a voice and having an entertaining like Spielbergian way of letting a, a scene unfold while at the same time not being so overbearing of a style and a voice of a director that it's the only thing you notice in the movie and care about, that you are enjoying the story rather than enjoying that you're being told the story by a good storyteller. Um, and then I think the fifth one ups the ante and is the most thrilling i think i think rogue nation becomes the most thrilling at that point and then that becomes overstepped by fallout fallout is the most thrilling out of all of the movies it's the most like azure sheet white knuckle i can't believe they did this kind of thing which it's perfect because the story is super complicated while at the same time allowing the audience to be just enough of a step ahead of the story to not feel like idiots. Um, so that way, when the story gets ahead of it a little bit, um, the audience feels like they're rewarded a little bit. But ultimately, when it comes to every single action scene in that movie, it's impeccable. It's perfect. It's seamless. It's not only just Tom Cruise putting himself through it, it's it, it's the editing. It's, the, it's like there's sections of that movie that are just pure and simple visual storytelling there's just like no talking for minutes and then i was looking at the production history and they're like well first thing one of the first things we do when we get on board and start like thinking about stuff for him to do is we watch old buster keaton and charlie chaplin movies and harold lloyd movies and i'm like thank you because that's how you got to understand action that's how mad max fury road works they understood that silent films and visual storytelling with those kind of like early slapstick comedians and the way they embedded action and stunts into their work is like the perfect way to like ground your set pieces these days 
and Fallout is perfect for that reason alone. The bathroom scene is crazy that it took four months to do. The helicopter scene is nuts. Um, the rooftop chase is great. Uh, it's just a great movie. I, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was certainly worth the wait. I am so giddy. I'm pacing around my room. I'm so happy right now. Man, I've been waiting I, I'm months super, for this review. I'm super happy that McGuire is like he he's such a visual person because you can see like you watch Jack Reacher and you see the beginning of it when like the sniper is doing his deal and just like all these visual little things that he's doing with a completely kind of like hacked up script doing the best he can to keep the audience interested in a story that really just isn't interested in itself and you can see him working the camera to make people interested whereas he's elevated that here to an immense proportion. Like, he, he, it is all about telling the story with the camera. What can you use people's eyes to do? Because that's that's what they're going to rely on when the helicopters are chasing each other. That's what it's going to rely on when they're hand-to-hand fighting combat and he's going to drop a hook on his head. Like, that's what you need people to just sort of just shut up and keep their eyes peeled to the screen. And that's how you do it. Oh man, I gotta sit down. Oh man, I'm... it was cool too. Woo. Finally, oh, I'm so happy. What a freaking masterpiece Fallout was! It's also, it's also really nice to see them sort of like deal with something that would always bothered me with the third and the fourth movie. Because so the third movie, he walks away and he's all happy because his wife knows he's a spy and like the spy family knows that he's married and all that stuff and then in the fourth film um she is reported dead until the very end of the movie you realize she's just a ghost now she's just living a secret double hidden life but you don't know what their deal is with their marriage and then in this movie they um they solve that because they don't talk about it in Rogue Nation. It just sort of is this thing that happened and you don't know what Ethan's deal is. And in this movie, they make it clear. They, they tried to fix things and then she he would never feel safe knowing that something bad would happen and he wouldn't be there to stop it. And she would always feel safe knowing that he was out there stopping it. And they do that. They'd say that and it's perfect. And then they make both the characters happy. They make them happy and happy for each other, which is great. You don't. You, they didn't have to do that, but they did it because it's not really like this is the most. Uh, it's not like like the franchise is embedded in the character of Ethan Hunt. It really isn't. That's why Collateral Works is like the best last Mission Impossible movie. The, the ebbs and flows of other characters, of other bosses. How many senators there have been who run this this company, this Mission Impossible Force? is ridiculous like none of this makes sense but it doesn't matter because it looks great it moves perfectly and it's entertaining as hell oh man I'm so happy Woo! okay okay oh. I, I also finally got around to um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 and sorry to bother you um, a bunch of other stuff. I'm like slamming through stuff. Nice. Did you ever get to see Annihilation? No, that's going to be soon here. I'm saving my creepy horror movies 
So I've, I've still got um, a quiet place, which I want to listen to or watch with headphones on. Um, Hereditary, which I want to find the perfect night for. And then I also have Annihilation, which I want to get like real creepy night. Um, and then I still have like blind spotting and, um, and then another one about a young girl who witnesses her friend get shot by a cop and then just has to live her life afterwards. The hate you give. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I got to watch that too. So, you know what? I actually did go to see a couple days, uh, about a week or two ago. Alita battle angel. Mm, no. Well, yes, but no. Nope. I, I can't guess it, dude. I'm not in your head. Uh, happy death day to you. Oh, uh, it looks every bit as ridiculous as the first one that, that the first one looked. It, it looks fun. The sequel I never knew I wanted, but I knew I never needed. <laughs> wow. It looks. Let's just go with that. Okay. I it's a sequel that you would say it's like why why would you make this this is pointless and then you watch it you're like this is awesome it's way crazier than the first one so. So, Alex, you actually convinced me to go see the first one. And I realized that that movie is, like, so funny. Like, that that movie is absolutely hilarious. And the second movie is, like, just as... It's funny for just the same reasons. But it's that movie that you never knew you wanted because you're just like, I could have lived without it. And that you you never knew you needed either because you're just watching. You're like, I'm so happy they made this because this is so great. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched a movie where I was genuinely like appreciating the balance between horror and comedy since Scream. Zombieland. I don't. I'm not scared by Zombieland, or at least no. I don't feel the terror of Zombieland. Zombieland feels like a a comedy throughout, like through and through. Whereas, like, Scream, you know you're watching a horror movie, and then when the comedy shows up, it's it's welcomed, but it just feels odd. Whereas with Happy Death Day, they, like, know they're dealing with a standard teen horror movie, and because of that, they have fun with it, and it's great. Yeah, so the second movie is, like, really hilarious for, like, the same reasons. It's directed by the exact same guy, uh, Christopher Landon. Um... And, like, it's just, it it gets crazier in the right kind of ways, but, like, it's still, like, super grounded in, in the same idea that, like, made the first one so fun. Like, which is the idea of this poor girl just has to die over and over and over again to figure, it, it, it's kind of like, it's like a slasher Groundhog's Day, and it's really funny. No, the second one looks great. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's it's nutty and it that's great. <laughs> um, it's nutty. It's nutty in the right kind of way. It's like a movie I don't mind watching at any point. It's just a funny movie. Um. So. I so guess we'll see happy death day too, guys. I am throwing my I'm throwing something into the pot. Finally, how to train your dragon the hidden world. Oh, there is a water bottle. Okay. Oh, that it's a movie. Hoo, dude. Oh, man. I said it on Facebook. I don't know. I'll have to revisit all the Toy Stories, but 
I don't know how Toy Story 4 is going to top this in terms of finality. This movie was phenomenal. Uh, you're going to put Jordan, Hey, Peel, and what's his name in it? Listen, Zach, I don't need you ruining my fun. You always, always, always do that. I made the bold prediction last week of I'm so excited about Star Wars that I predict that there is going to be a Episode 9 title reveal over the weekend. Of course I was wrong, because I'm a dumbass. Um, so, and then you're immediately you're like, no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Just step on my fun all the time. I would appreciate it if for once you would not do that. And let me enjoy this. Okay? Uh-huh. I genuinely don't know how Toy Story 4 is going to top this in terms of finality. This movie is freaking gorgeous. <laughs> easily. It's directed by easily, the guy who inside Zach, out. I'm going to mute you if you don't let me talk. Okay, so... Easily. DreamWorks best in terms of animation. This movie's beautiful and gorgeous and everything I could, everything I could like, hope for it to be. I mean, I was a fan from the first movie. Um, I won't say too much because I know who's listening and probably they haven't watched the movie because they're too busy. Um, all I'm going to say is, whew, I was bawling. <laughs> this is the first movie I can recall that has brought me to genuine tears. I was in a movie theater. I was legit crying and I'm looking over to my mom. I'm looking over to my mom next to me, and she's stone faced. She is like, "Huh." <laughs> um, so, like I said, it looks great. It's like, it's very, it's very like, like. There has like I haven't watched a lot of stuff that has finality recently. At least not a lot of stuff out here has come out that has finality. I feel like 2019 is like the year of finality um, in terms of movies between Hunter Trader Dragon 3, Toy Story 4, Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Episode 9, on and on and on. Like, like, things are coming to an end and then starting a new... Like, th- I haven't seen a movie... Like, like, this movie is like the first of, thi- of, of, of things to come this year. And I am... If this is a sign of things to come, I'm all for it. This movie's phenomenal. I recommend everybody go watch it immediately. Especially if you're a fan of this franchise, you will not be disappointed in the slightest. Now you may berate me, Zach. No, 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 no. I'll give you this one. <laughs> You'll give me this one. I'll give it to you. I, um, I, I think that's a good observation. There's a lot of um, finality to a lot of the films this year, those three being the biggest ones. But I would probably compare it to just Toy Story 3 because my hope would be Toy Story 4 is like a new beginning, that they've got like new characters as a new kid, new all the, like, I want it to feel like a whole new vibe because I feel like Toy Story 3 was a good conclusion to what, like, they were doing for a while. My point is, it's like, I don't want to watch four and feel like I'm watching the end of something. I want to watch four and feel like I'm watching the beginning of something. Like I want to watch four and feel like I'm watching um, Fellowship of the Ring, where like you, you're about. To, I'm going on an adventure. 
I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I'll have to revisit all the toys, all the Toy Stories, but um, oh man, that Andre Dragon Man, like it'll go down as one of the most underrated trilogies of all time. Like, it's not gonna get talked about enough. I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. But, um, Do you think they're gonna stop at three? Do you think they're no? They've said they've, they're, they're gonna. gonna they've said that they're stopping at three. They said this. That's the end. I don't know. I feel like they'll make one. No, that, that's what they said. That's take it or leave it. Right. And no, I know countless times where people are like, we're, "We're done. We're done," and then they come back. All right. Well, that's just. That's we don't know it. until they come back, or right. they don't. Is the point exactly? There you go. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I just found an album? Uh, this past year, like a couple months ago, that was great. It came out in the early '90s, and now it's one of my favorite albums. I love it; it's fantastic. And I just found out a couple days ago that the lead singer of the band died. And I was looking up information on him, and apparently, like when he said he was done with making music, he was done. He like he's done. Never did a reunion. Never did an interview. Never did anything. Never like repurposed any music. Never did anything. He was done, and he never came back. Until he died, hmm. so there are people who stick with it for sure. Or you're, or you're like, not that you're like Steven Soderbergh, and you just keep coming back. <laughs> okay. So I actually just thought about something. Oh boy! All right. There's Make a, it quick. There's a couple things in the news that came out that I forgot to mention. Okay, how many things? Because we still have a movie to talk about. Just We're two. An hour That's in. All. Just two. Just two quick ones. Then go. Uh, We got a trailer for Tolkien. Oh, I didn't see that. It was really cool. Okay. Uh, I don't know how good it's going to be, but it looks interesting. The movie looks okay, but I do like Nicholas Holt a lot. Yes. And then we got the first teaser for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, no. Count me out, man. Oh my god. That's Super Bowl It's directed by the guy who did Troll Hunter and it just makes my day. <laughs> the the no, moment yeah, I looks... the moment I saw the spider leg out of that out of that zit and like oh no, no, I'm done. You're combining <laughs> the worst things about it. Creepy things oh, and just like gonna be the best. No, I'm no count me out, man. I'm out. No, heck no. Uh, you can be out. That's fine. No. You are very entitled to be out, but Troll Hunter is one of my favorite movies of all time. In fact, I actually, uh, for the net, uh, I'm gonna, uh, we'll talk about it, but let's just say we're gonna hear more about this director in this movie later tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Is there anything else anybody wants to talk about? Before we nope, get to the it. real story here. I mean, I I, I I lost my penis and then I found it again in my pocket, but I think I think we Explicit. can go on. That story not interesting at all. It's not an interesting story, is it? Let's See, just now, go. What you don't know, everybody. It had a top hat and a cane, but just, you know, let's just go. Yeah. What you don't know, everybody, is that I've just let Alex and Zach go. This is, like, I've tried, but... It just keeps coming up, and no, I just can't control them anymore. So I'm just gonna let them go. See how long I can get. Um, and we were an hour and seven minutes. 
That's pretty good. You're talking, you're talking about obscenities? Yeah. Dude, it was it was gone the moment he said the F word like a while ago. Oh, well, <laughs> that just, that, I must have missed that. Anyway, like I, I said, said, I said it was four lines. It was such a prominent fuck. It was such a prominent fuck. <laughs> Oh my god, I like... I, I am so sorry for any of my friends I, listening to this. I believe the words he said was, Chris, you motherfucking Rhodes. I, I can't believe you forgot that. So powerful. Man, it's the worst, man. I, I really hate eating stuff. We should save our explanities for the movie, because the movie tonight was batshit crazy. I should uh, just log into Anchor yeah. here and uh, just delete everything. Um... Let's see here. Okay. All right. If we're, there's nothing else that anybody wants to talk about. No, I'm good. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just going to. The Miami Connection. Alex, was it your idea to put this on the list? It was my idea to put this on the list. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! What did, you, what did you think? What did you think of Miami Connection? What? I can't determine whether this is the greatest film ever made or the worst. Like, it's I both. Am, I am torn. Like this is the true like. This is the Can true be best picture of the year. Um. So yeah, this is like. I agree with you. I think this is like one of those pinnacles. So bad, it's good. Like everything about it is so bad, but everything about it is so interesting to watch. You can't stop. Um, I think it is the the polar opposite to this. The polar extreme would probably be of something that's just so bad it's bad. It would be the Star Wars Holiday Special. It is. It is the like. It's polar insane. Of what it's insane. Is. It's insane. No, here's my thing like, about it. I was watching this movie, and I'm just thinking, like, this is seventh. Oh, this is so much better. I I was thinking, like, this is this is actually. I think this is better than Suicide Squad by like leaps and bounds. And hear me out on this. Like technically, certainly in terms of entertainment, certainly better soundtrack. <laughs> this soundtrack was fire. Um. Like, technically, it wasn't better, but I was bored out of my mind and mind-boggled during Suicide Squad. I couldn't take my eyes off this movie. This was... No, it's very clear when you watch this that everyone involved is, like, secretly enjoying every single moment of it. Like, even even if there's a part of them that's, like, a little bit embarrassed about what they're doing, you know deep down in their hearts they're, like, we're gonna do this. I'm in this right now. Everything I am is right here on screen. <laughs> like deep down, you know, like they're having, they're just like they're wild. They're like their little child, child hearts are just blowing up. They're everyone. You can tell everyone is just having like the time of their lives. So, is there like a wild story behind this film, behind the making of this film that you would like to share? It's not necessarily a wild one. Um, there was an 80s director, an Asian 80s director named Richard Park. He um, found a guy named uh, Kim who was teaching Taekwondo. He had just written uh, a book. And 
he decided that he wanted to make a movie around this guy and he had a movie in mind it fell through and then they put all their money together and wrote the script and Kim like put everything on the line he put his house on the line he put his like dojo on the line he put everything on the line to try and get this movie made and they did and then uh, Park distrib- like he screened it for distributors to try and get it out but nobody wanted anything to do with it they thought it was trash and it got released uh, just privately on his own in a couple of theaters in Florida um, and it got panned horrifically and then all the prints were supposedly gone and this was a lost movie for uh, years, decades and they no one had found it until about 2011 when a guy was uh, who curated uh, Alamo Drafthouse shows was searching around on eBay and someone had a VHS copy of it and he just bought it and he lucked out and he started screening it and they started making it a big deal. Well, Alamo Drafthouse wanted to distribute it so they found um, Kim because Park is dead, Richard Park is dead. They found Kim years ago and they were like, hey, we want to talk to you about this movie and interview about it but he just thought, why would anybody want anything to do with a film that people thought was terrible 25 years ago so he's been he just ignored everyone's calls including the Alamo Draft House's calls for months and a good solid like six months go by before he finally picks up and he's like what do you guys want and they're like we want to distribute your film like legitimately so they put out they started showing it at Alamo Draft House in 2012 and then they like continued to do it it became a big hit and then they distributed it themselves on Blu-ray, and um, and it's made a bunch of money back. And now Kim, they've done like a riff tracks of it, and Kim has been to like all these events, and he really appreciates how people see it now. But it wasn't a crazy story necessarily about how it got made. It was just one of those events where everyone involved really wanted to make it. They got together, put all their heart and soul into it. They put it out there. Nobody wanted anything to do with it. And then it disappeared. And then people who just sort of saw the charm in it found it, this like buried treasure, and gave it to the world. <laughs> oh man, that is that's that's the magic of filmmaking, right there, man. That's the passion behind art that drives people to make decisions such as this entire film. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just gonna okay, say. So- can I, can I just take a second here to, like, because I know we don't do summaries anymore, but can you summarize this movie for me from, like, can you give me a beginning, a middle, and an end to what this movie is? There are ninjas. Okay, they are bikers by day, ninjas by night. These are the heels, the bad guys. Uh, we start with... <laughs> so the third... This ninja gang that's, air quotes, terrorizing the Central Florida area. We got, um, we got the freaking, we got the freaking love story, um, the romance story, and some, I, no, not cohesively, I can't. I can just tell you what's in there, and then you cipher it out for yourself, and then you probably won't get it right. I can't, like, cohesively tell you. the best way. 
that is like the best way to do it. Like you just sort of tell people about the things that are in this movie. Like there's a band and they're best friends, but then there's these bikers and they're ninjas and they don't want the band around and the leader's sister is involved with the band and it's like all these things. But I like to, I like to just simply say a nonviolent band uh, butts heads with a drug dealing ring in Orlando in a movie called the Miami Connection until the end where the band decides to murder all of the ninjas. The end. There's actually two members of the band. No, no, I, I think it is two members of the band, sure, yeah. But still, the point is is that they're the two most non-violent pacifist members of the band. And they murder a bunch <laughs> of people. <laughs> And then for some reason, the evil boss is, like, chopping his own men's head off. Sir, there's too many of them. We just can't get around. Just killing all of us, and then he just chops his own henchman's men off. I love it. Uh, one thing to note is that uh, Far Cry 3's uh, DLC actually took inspiration from Miami Connection. That came out two... There's a woman in... Pharrell's happy music video wearing a, a Dragon Sound t-shirt. So there's like, there, there are people that have like known about this movie for some yeah, time. Like, uh, uh, Blood Dragon, uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which is the name of DLC, uh, literally uses Friends as its main theme, and a lot of it is just designed to be crazy out there, like the movie. There, there is some Dragon Sound references in, in it, around there it, it's just hilarious like <laughs> I'm like so Chris let me let me ask you this do you have a favorite moment <laughs> I mean like I'll tell you a little thing that happened when um the Rick Rude looking guy um he's Mark comes in the room and He's talking about how he likes the he likes the piano thing, so he gets up and walks out. Tells him good night. I could see the sound guy's whole arm, his hand, and the small sound recorder in his hand, in shot before they cut. That was my favorite moment. That's where I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. They made a movie. They didn't care. His arm was in the shot. They got the shot they wanted. Uh, um, yeah, that's real bad. I think it's the moment where I think the moment that stands out the most is where the main is where the the main air quote main um, tall scrawny crooked teeth white guy freaking goes on a murderous rampage <laughs> because Jimmy got his. Because Jim got his his torso sliced open, and um, and plus Jim, you're talking about. Believe what you're talking about is John, which you. It's okay that you get confused because they're in this movie alone. There's a John, a Jim, a Jane, a Jack, and I think a Jenny. So, like, also Jim looks like Stefan Diggs with Jerry curls. Um. So, (laughs) 
any any of my sports friend any of my sports friends out there knows what I'm knows what I'm talking about. Um, so the uh, Alex the he's the Miracle Man, the Minnesota Vikings Miracle Man. Um, so I guess I guess my favorite yeah is the is the is the Adrian Brody looking guy going on a murderous rampage. <laughs> So I'm like open. I'm like looking at at the at the Wikipedia um the Wikipedia uh um synopsis of this and there's a line in here that just like makes me laugh a lot because because it's only like three paragraphs long for an eight, obviously it's an 83 minute movie it's not that long there's like just three short paragraphs on this and the the best line in this is is she became romantically involved with John the basis of the club. Band, which consists of an ethically diverse group of five men who are best friends, University of Central Florida students, live together, train taekwondo together, and are all orphans. By the That's way, right. they are orphans. They are all orphans. <laughs> they all go to the same school. They live together. They train together, and they're all orphans. Just not uh, Dragon sound, baby. That's how it works. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just making me laugh because it's just like it's very coy about everything. We were still doing um, it the old way. It, this would be synopsis night. I couldn't write this. I could not take cohesive notes on this. Me. Oh. Uh, so Zach, what's your favorite moment? Probably like the last major action scene where they just murder everybody. <laughs> the way he goes on that rampage. I just, like, I just appreciate that kind of just nuttiness. It's it's great. It's great. It's great. <clears throat> um, uh, I, I have a I have a soft spot for the moment where um, Jim gets the letter from his father. <laughs> oh. No, it's the first moment where he reveals that his father. Yes, that's right. When he when he gets the le- when he's looking for the letter for his father. That's right. <laughs> and then he's just in the worst way possible. It's like a five minute soliloquy. It's amazing. Also, the music pieces in this movie, the songs are fire, but they're just going on forever. And for and they were really pushing the music. He didn't see my mother again one day, but he didn't know when it would be. <laughs> he said he loved me, but he'd never see me again because I'm a stupid little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's so, amazing. <laughs> they really went for it here. Um. The movie really does have everything. It has, like, if you want a movie with, like, a three to five minute scene uh, with nothing but, like, bikers hanging around being dirty, disgusting, like, bikers, maybe they have a barbecue, they just kind of, like, sit around, have some beers, and then just have a song about how they're tough over them, this movie's got you, man. This isn't... This is even... they're tough guys. <laughs> Oh my god! Who? I I really do feel though like the director and Kim themselves are like we got this movie has to have everything it needs to have like music we need it needs to be musical it needs to have action and it needs to have gore 
and it needs to have comedy. It needs to have romance. It needs to have drama, and it needs to have like it needs to have like neon everywhere. Um, everyone as, needs to be on cocaine. As, uh, as like my best friend in college would put it, they took the Tommy Wiseau approach to making this movie. I, I I don't know what happened here, man. I honestly don't, because like it's one thing to do the Tommy Wiseau thing, because like Tommy Wiseau did everything he thought a real movie should be, and what you see is like a pretty a pretty like well financed like TV movie. Yeah, uh, with get get like made with that. Like, I don't know what happened here, because I feel like he just like people just like showed up. They were like, "You're shooting a movie here," and he's like, "Yeah." And then they're like, "Can I be in it?" He's like, "Sure." And then the next day they showed up with like the craziest outfit they have, so they would stand out. And he was like, "Yeah, okay. Um, well, we're just gonna add some feathers and earrings on you to make you stand out more, and then we'll have a movie." <laughs> so like. So immediately when I when um when I, when I was watching the action, I'm like, can they remake this movie with the raid guys? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! If they remade Miami Connection with the raid guys and then replaced it with actual amazing fight scenes, but still like they had to learn instruments and still had to like play those songs. Oh god. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yes. <laughs> and they still, and then they still like one of those guys still has to do a five minute soliloquy about his dad. <laughs> I'm about this. Uh... Wait, Chris, get it done. Get it financed. <laughs> I'm gonna start an indie game right now. <laughs> how does this? Not, how does this not like? How does this not a, re- a real thing? Like, why did this not get into the Best Picture nominations by now? This should be an Oscar thing. <laughs> Green Book, Roma, uh, Black Klansman, and Miami Connection remade by those guys who made The Raid. The greatest. Uh, Two greatest action movies of the 21st century. Miami Connection, remade by the guys who made The Raid. Uh, That's who I voted for, so. Um, (laughs) God. So, like. Man. Like, the fight choreography. It's like. I'm telling you, pro wrestling looks better than this. Honestly, how about how about the scene where where how about the scene where he's trying to teach his best friend uh, taekwondo and they're just kind of slowly sparring against each other yeah. in front of like dormitory and then he like takes his toe and he like grabs his nose. Get your nose. It's gross. Get your. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty gross. Um. So like. This oh my oh man, just I'm trying to I'm trying like why why did you think that this should have gone on the bad wheel? Because if we added this in the good wheel, it, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. So you consider this a good movie? No, I consider it either or. Like, you could put it on either list, but I'm wondering why you it, thought this was better for the bad movie list. 
because none, neither, none of us are really sitting around here going, um, it was brilliant the way that they've made an entire movie set in Orlando and well, they called it the Miami Connection. No, it's dumb. It's no, not well hey, done. Well. We're making for that. It's so bad, it's good. That is that is what this is. This is a prime example of a movie that's so bad, it gives us stuff to talk about. Unless uh, that's what Food Fight is. Food Fight is so nuts that we have to talk about it. There's always <laughs> stuff to talk about with Food Fight. And every now and then we get a Sahara where it's so dumb we just kind of like are talking about other things. Or we'll get a Assassin's Creed where it's just so boring we really don't have anything to talk about. Like, but the experience watching Miami Connection is, it's entertaining. It's an entertaining movie for the exact opposite reasons of why they made it. So, like, it's, <laughs> this is the, like, I keep thinking it's better, I still think it, I still think it's better than Suicide Squad, okay, but here's another thing about that, about that point. Um, like, is it me, or did I like? Was it okay? It was probably it was probably just me. You'll probably think, oh, he's he's dumb again, but like, I'm thinking like, I am actually kind of sorta into what they're telling here, to further to an extent that Suicide Squad could not grab me. Like it just had more heart than Suicide Squad. Exactly, yeah. because the people who made the people who made Miami Connection believed that what they were making was great. They believed that what they were making was fun, that people would enjoy watching it, that it would be a, a great representation of who they are. Like they believed in what they were doing, and they believed the people who were making it with them believed in what they were doing because they were putting their heart and souls into it. Suicide Squad, you can tell everyone everyone in that movie is like right before the camera turned on and they said action was like, what am I doing here? What's going on? What the hell's going on right now? What's going on? Uh, okay, uh, we gotta stop that thing. I'm a crocodile. Like, <laughs> they just have to like, they, they don't believe in it because they nobody believes in it. There's not a vision that they believe in. And I think the vision for Miami Connection was we're making a movie and it's got ninjas and coke and music and action and Taekwondo and friendship and love and everything. It's got everything. It's about everything. Um, so everyone enjoy yourself because it's about everything. And I don't think anyone like walked on to Suicide Squad and they're like, what's this about? And they're like, it's about everything. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're like, we're making a gritty looking like bad guy movie here. Just like, you know, <laughs> sit we... your line and look like a bad guy and you're fine. Can we talk about the guy? The dis- the the disheveled uh, musician who walks into the club uh, after hours and just walks up screaming into the owner and then they just have a screaming match and then a, a fight breaks out and the owner just kicks all their butts and yeah. then nothing yeah. comes of it and we never see the owner again. No, the, actually, he goes to Jeff and the biker gang and he tells them what happened. No, not the musician. Like, I'm talking yeah. the owner of the club. No, that's what I'm talking about. The like the guy who gets his ass kicked goes to Jeff and the other guys, and he's like, "This, this, like, I want my band to play here, and they can't because this Dragon Sound band is there. You need to get rid of them." 
So like you don't you don't see the owner of the bar again, but you do see like right. the guy who gets his bucket. Yeah. The owner of the bar. That's what I was saying. So like another thing is, they had Jeff, and his brother apparently. I didn't know he was his brother. This whole movie, and <laughs> which which I mean shit, which means that is also her brother. That is that is quite weird. Um. So. Like, they had decided they and didn't want that band ir- playing ir- there. Asian. He is irrefutably Asian, and they are not. <laughs> He's also much older than them. Um. So. Um. Dang, I lost my train of thought. So, like, but the, here's the thing: they had decided before that point they didn't want Dragon Sound playing at that club. Because John was dating, um, Jane? I think it's Jane, yeah. I, because Jeff didn't want him, Jeff didn't want him there. So, um, also I think this is a, um, I have a theory. And Alex, you'll, you'll, I think you'll appreciate this because you think Collateral's in the Mission Impossible universe. I think Miami Connection is secretly Snake Eyes' origin story in Mark. For G.I. Joe. You think... You think what? So, like... So, Snake Eyes from, um... G.I. Joe. Like, he took an oath of silence after someone close to him died at, um... Shoot. What was the... Dang it. What was the... Zach, help me out here. Who was the White Ninja's name in uh, G.I. Joe? Do you know? Ooh, I do not. Zach, are you alive? Zach, wake up. Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. Right. Okay. So, like, the ma- <laughs> the Jeff's brother, the leader of the Biker Ninja Gang, <laughs> composed of middle-aged biker, just chubby white guys. Tough guys. <laughs> <laughs> he dresses as Storm Shadow <laughs> for the final scene. He cuts a guy's head off. He laughs maniacally, and so Mark and this Storm Shadow-looking guy are dueling. <laughs> so I'm thinking, Jim died after this movie. Jim died of an infection from his wound that doctors didn't notice, and so Mark takes an oath of silence, becomes Snake Eyes. Dusting wounded body through that muck in the mud. Like, yeah, no, he got infected for sure. Um, so, Jim dies of an infection from the wound. Mark enters, and Mark leaves the band. Takes an oath of silence. Turns out Storm Shadow-looking guy didn't die. It was another guy, because clearly there was a white stunt double underneath that freaking helmet, <laughs> obviously. Um, and... So then he becomes. So then he's actually Storm Shadow, and so Snake Eyes, not formerly Mark, takes up his takes up his mission as going after Storm Shadow, but just happens to meet the GI Joe Commandos along the way and joins them because they're, apparently they're on the same path. And um, Jeff was a member of uh, Cobra, and so Cobra's pissed at him. So then this all this all lines up to make. It into a Snake Eyes origin story. There, I'm, I'm going to stand by that. 
if if that's the case, then you gotta let me have that. The Rock is really Jim's father. Yes. <laughs> Not that Carl Weathers, like that fifth rate um, <laughs> Carl Weathers looking guy. No, <laughs> The Rock. Right, it's The Rock. The, uh, the Rock when he was like fifteen or sixteen in the army. <laughs> right. I had like met this guy, met this kid's wife, met this kid's mom got her pregnant and was like I'm out of here lady and then and then he became the rock worked for G.I. Joe and then like in the middle of the G.I. Joe movie Jim just shows up <laughs> I found my father I found my father everyone he's a G.I. Joe I found my father he's, the ma- he's just carrying the mailbox that he found the letter in yeah and then he dies immediately <laughs> he gets turned to ash <laughs> daddy I'm not feeling too good Oh, is that your son? I'm okay, Mr. Stone. Sorry. I 100% buy this G.I. Joe theory. I'm all in. Let's go. It looks like his music would boost in sales now that he has passed. Oh, man. Wow. Let's go. Let's make this happen. We'll do the Raid remake and then the sequel with the G.I. Joe guys. We're going to do it. Got it. No, like the G.I. Joe movies are so insane that I would absolutely 110% buy that this was a prequel to those. <laughs> I mean, Joseph Gordon Levitt is in those movies. It's he insane. Is. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah? Um, there was the moment, actually, there was another moment that I liked. Um, Jane shows up to where uh, Jeff's hideout is, which is apparently this gem. And she's looking for Tom, but this is after they kidnap uh, Rick Rude, um, who isn't Rick Rude, who's trying to who's trying to pretend to be Prince. Um, Say that when he obviously looks like Oats from Holland Oats. Okay. Um, come up and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, okay. So what is it called? Okay, I'll look this up right now. Let's a, do it. a band called Hall and Oats. Hall and Oats. Is that like an N and an apostrophe, or like... An ampersand. Alright, let's just... just They were the guys who sang, um... Because your kiss, your kiss is on my lips. Oh, I see. Your kiss is on my dick because your kiss is... Oh, Daryl Hall and John Oates. I see. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah! He does look like him. Yeah. Dead on, right? Dead on. Almost dead. Like, way, way more than Rick Rude. Like, it took me a while, then I was like, oh, you're talking about Hall and Oates. <laughs> gotcha. So, is he Hall or is he Oates? I, I honestly do. I think I'm getting it right by saying Oates, but you know who I'm talking about yeah. just by looking at the guy. I can see it right now. It's oh the, the guy with the perm. Stash. Yeah. Um. So he. Okay. So okay. So getting back on track. So Jane visits Jeff's hideout because they're brother and sister. She's looking for this Tom feller. I forget who Tom was. If he was ever in the movie. So these three guys are just trying. Are just like observing her like hard and just like whatever. And, like, she shows up, she looks in the door, she turns around and just leaves, and that's the scene. 
That's the entire movie in a nutshell. That is the... That's it. Like, that's it. Like, there are several scenes of just that. Just nothing. And somehow, they made it work. How about whenever they play music and Kim... Mark is just running around with a guitar pretending to play. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> just adorable. I like how there I like how in the first song there's music playing, but he has his hands over his head doing the do, like uh like clapping, but his part is still going. I know. <laughs> how about the fact that they all got together as like an orphan who lives together in one house band? And was like, you know, it would make our sets amazing if we just did like Taekwondo in the middle of them, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what people want to see in the middle of our rock show. We put down our instruments and we perform karate for them. That's karate. That's the ticket, I mean, guys. Oh man. Um. <laughs> oh man, this movie. This movie was like. This is the. God. Is this the craziest movie we've ever done, on this show? I feel like it is. I don't know. It's the craziest, but it's pretty nutty. It's up there. It's up there with like. The food room. Fight. Have we seen? Have we watched the room on here on the nope. podcast? We have, yet? we have not watched the room. There's way too many sex scenes for the room right now. <laughs> The room is like one third sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, this may be yeah, along with like Food Fight, this may be one of the craziest movies we've ever, ever done. That it like this I just cannot believe what I saw when I watched this movie. Like I was just like no, I, I was laughing like at the it. whole thing. Like I there, thought you'd like it. There were people crying in agony because someone just took a katana to their forehead and there was this huge gash that should have killed them instantly. But they're crying <laughs> in agony with eyes bulging like, ah! And they're falling to the ground. That was just the opening oh, scene. I love it. Oh, man. It's just... And then people crying in agony and they're just having the... And also, this wasn't this wasn't the worst gore that I ever seen. Actually, I actually honestly thought the gore was pretty decent compared to like other stuff that I've seen. Obviously, I haven't seen enough, but even though it's cheesy and cheap, it's effective because because it's so over the top. Also, you're like, oh my gosh, he took his entire there's an entire swipe up that guy's back. There's no way Jim lives. There's no way Jim does not get an infection from the cut on his back. It's insanely large. So here's the thing. Um, so they're in the in the last scene when they're hacking down um, ninjas. One of them gets struck in the head with a katana, and you can see the giant like gash in his head. So I've surmised just now that that is uh, Snoke's origin. That's where he comes from. He then got Peter Quilled. To the unknown regions, and thus he became um, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. That is my theory. Dragon sound took him down first. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta connect you don't, this. You don't have to mess with our friend Jim. 
Jim is dead. He's going to meet him. Don't do that. I swipe you with a katana blade. Snoke. <laughs> Dude, this is... I still cannot decide whether... I don't think I'm going to grade this. I don't think this, I don't think I can grade this, guys. I'm gonna I honest. still love the fact that when Jim gets his letter and he's telling all his friends about it that every single man in that room doesn't have a shirt on. I can tell you what my grade of this is gonna be. I can't. I, I. I'm not sure if I can give this a grade either way. Go ahead, Zach. It's gonna be three rubber chickens out of four apples. Because it makes sense, but it works. Because it makes sense. Okay, so I do have. I I think this is a prime example of a so bad so bad it's good of a the room or a troll two or. Uh, uh, hard ticket to Hawaii, where now, the movie is. You've seen, you've seen Troll Two, right? Yeah, I've seen all of, all of those. I, I think all of this, along with those, is a prime example of a so bad it's good, where every decision is wrong, but the result is just as entertaining as if they were the right decisions. So they ended up being the right decisions anyway. I loved, I loved the experience I get from it anyway. I think the Wicker Man remake is a prime example of that just for me. I don't know if that works entirely for everybody, but I think this does. I think The Room does. I think um, there's a lot of other movies out there that fit that criteria, where there are movies like the, the Star Wars special that are just so jaw-droppingly boring that <laughs> you're just kind of stupefied at how bad it is but you also just aren't entertained by the experience of how bad it is. There's a, there's a point where like it goes beyond that with the holiday special, where you just get to the point where you're like, oh, this is so bad it's become good again. But there are movies that are like just really hard watches. Batman v Superman. This is not, Batman v Superman is a very hard watch of a bad movie. It's You could write classes about how bad that movie is, about every <laughs> how every decision is wrong, uh, and the result that you get from it and that that's interesting and I, at least if you have a uh, if you have a brain that likes enjoys puzzles or enjoys filmmaking at all then maybe you might be interested in that aspect of Batman versus Superman Miami Connection is just fun it's just fun it's just it's bad it's dumb every decision is wrong if you think about it it's wrong you it's such a bad movie that like the fact that every single guy in the room that letter reading kind of moment doesn't have a shirt on is like the fifth problem wrong with that scene and it's still amazing to watch he's still having a great time so for me it is it goes up there with the top like so bad it's good um it's one of the best so i would probably give it on that scale an a wow i mean i'm gonna give it Three rubber chickens out of four apples. I'm 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 withdrawing my grade. <laughs> this I this movie's broken me in ways that I can't even I can't even properly grade it. I was so entertaining, but it was so. And I understand how the the conversion from rubber chicken to apple works the way it does, Zach. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's not supposed to make sense. That's the point. <laughs> no, no, sense. no, it makes sense. The way you converted rubber chicken to apple carrying the, the forklift, it worked perfectly. I get it. Good to know. Okay. Now. Now, we didn't talk. We actually, 
now that we're done with Miami Connection, even though I don't want to be, because we still we, we never really talked about how John went into Jane's um, computer hanging <laughs> class, and he's just like, like standing right there in front of everybody. Hey, Jane, 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 and like they're just like silently communicating with each other, and he's just standing in front of everybody at the door, clearly communicating to this person. I'm like, where's the teacher? Does the teacher really give a crap at all that this is happening right in front of his class? Uh, how, about, how, about when they, how about when they go to the beach and the Hall and Oates guy just, like, sexually assaults a couple girls? <laughs> and they're laughing and smiling while they're just beating him with their shoes. They're telling him seriously to get off, get out of here, and they're smiling and laughing. I'm about to fall out my chair. <laughs> okay. Oh, that. Ooh. Ooh, man. This movie, man. You picked a good one, Alex. <laughs> you picked a heck of a movie. This is a classic for people who like so bad it's good. But also, I just thought you'd really enjoy it. There are a lot of movies like this, Chris, like 80s soaked, just cocaine-fueled, just hilarious-looking movies. But this is like one of the like creme de la creme ones. Hard to get to Hawaii is another one. There's some other great ones out there that are like this kind of, that have this vibe to it, that are just like really great. Samurai Cop is a great one. Um, there's a lot, but this is the first time I think you've ever really just kind of taken the time to see one of them. This is what people look for when they hear about bad movies. When people hear that something's bad and they want it to be a good time, this is what they're looking forward to. Yeah. Speaking of bad movies, I need to um, search for an update to that... Uh that surfer movie that I talked about uh, a couple months back. No, I, lo- I looked. There's no distribution yet, but uh, when it comes out, we are adding it to the wheel. No, I sure. might, we might have to. We may have to uh, surpass the wheel for that one. We've talked about it too much for us to add it to the wheel and just wait even longer. What movie? Surfer Teen Confronts Fear. Oh. It, look, it looks great. Oh, that looks like it's so bad it's good for sure. It looks like a David Brain kind of one. <laughs> I want to feel. <laughs> I so badly want to. I'm, I haven't even seen trailers, man. I haven't even seen any trailers at all. I've just read that one article from Vice, and I'm sold, man. I'm 100% sold on this movie. Surfer Teen confronts fear. Yes. Watch it without. Okay, listen. If you're gonna watch the, if you're gonna watch a trailer, like mute yourself first. I'm not. I'm just looking it up. That's all. But yeah, like I'm. I'm glad you took a shot with Miami Connection, Chris. Like, because oh, yeah. I knew you would enjoy it, but I also knew that, like, just by looking at a trailer, there was no way you'd be able to comprehend what you were gonna get yourself into. <laughs> all right. So, do we have our nominees for the next movie? Or are we doing a series? That's what I. Okay, so we haven't talked about this um we haven't talked about this do we want to go into a series now or do we want to do another good movie bad movie and then do a series 
I'm good for doing one more good bad movie, one more set of good and bad movies, and go into a series. Agreed. So you do want to do that before we go into another yeah. series? Yeah. I'm cool. Okay, then let's go to the good movie wheel. Um, okay. Suggestions. Troll hunter. Troll hunter, he says. Um, the Norwegian one. I'm gonna go with Dread because it's on the back burner forever. So I'm gonna keep with Dread. It has been on the back burner forever. Um, let me see if I can think. Uh, I uh, Departed. I'm gonna go Departed again. Departed. Okay. So let's get the let's get the wheel out here for me. Hang on. Uh, miscellaneous. There we go. Edit. Stand by, everybody. Um, okay. Let me see here. So, dread, okay, add that, and then, um, what was yours again? Oh, yeah, The Departed. Um, The Departed, Zach, what was yours again? I'm sorry. Troll Hunter. Troll, not Thrall Hunter, Troll Hunter. Troll, T-R-O-L. I know how to spell, listen, Zach, I know how to spell, my thumbs don't. Um, you sure? Alright, here we go. Spinning now. Uh, slowing down. Gosh dang it, it's been on the back. Zach, you win, Troll Hunter. Yeah, it's a good call, man. Troll Hunter's not bad. It's a fun one, Chris. Is that a Guillermo one? Is that a Del Toro? It is a Norwegian dark fantasy comedy. (laughs) Oh, never mind. Okay, it's not a dog. Shot in home footage mockumentary style. It is. I feel, like he, I feel like he had like some production in, in it. Ah, hold on, stand standby. Uh, no, actually it was the you first movie I ever saw in college. That's actually like the reason why I'm suggesting it. Oh, come on. Okay. Alright, sorry. It's, uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. It, you'll like it, Chris. It's a very fun movie. It's very humorous. They make light of a lot of weird things. It, it's just fun. Right. Like there's an ongoing joke about about the fact that you can't be a Christian because trolls can smell a Christian man. It's really weird. All right. Okay. On the list of good movies now, as of right now, <laughs> Looper. Okay. Clueless. Yep. The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Surf's Up. Mm-hmm. Please, for the love of God, Treasure Planet. <laughs> it's going to be on there forever. Uh, Tin Tin. Yep. That one's been on the... Oh, God. Hardcore Henry. Um, yeah. Heat. Yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. Independence Day, the first one, the first one, the first one, the first yeah, one. You don't need to remind us about a hundred million plans, we know. Hey, do you know what we decided instead of, uh, what we decided last time? Because I still have Big Lebowski on here and I could have sworn I changed it. Uh, no, I don't oh, remember wait. it. No, 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 no. could have sworn I changed it. Anyway, we'll I thought that. we changed it too. Yeah, I could. I listen, guys. I swear, I changed it. I don't remember what it is. Uh, the other it ones are. Bla- Sorry, what? 
I was going to say it, it would have been the episode before it because yeah. like this time we would have picked it before we spinned the wheel and landed on Lebowski. Right. So I'll just I'll just go back and look. I'll just take it off now and I'll go back and look and I'll just tell you next week. Um So, hold on, stand by. Let me just bin that. Okay, so Independence Day, Labyrinth and Dogma. Okay. There are yeah, not. What did we... Go ahead. Okay, are you guys ready? I'm about to spin it. Yeah. Go for it. Spinning now. Slowing down. Oh, n- wow. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Alex, this is one you want. Next up on the Meister Movie Podcast, we have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Dude, oh my gosh, dude, oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, I just watched this movie again, like, not but four days ago with my dad, and we had a blast. This is my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie ever. Um, This got him Iron Man after about ten years of scrounging just to earn insurance to be able to make movies again. Chris, I, I, I am hard-pressed to believe that you would watch this and walk away and not enjoy it. This this is a fantastic movie. Uh, if I could spell the last thing. No, no, that's not it. Alright, go. Here we go. Kiss, kiss, bang, a bang. Oh my god, this is, this is awesome. I love this movie. Murder mystery mixed together a private eye, a struggling actress, and a thief masquerading as an actor. Is this not the nice guys? It is a lot like the nice guys. Did you ever see the nice guys? Oh, I meant to, but I didn't get around to it. Okay. I, oh my gosh. No, okay, so once you watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, if you love it, immediately watch the nice guys because it's basically the same thing. Just okay. with different actors, but just as much fun and good. I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is better, but ooh, dude, we're we're bumping into like one of my favorite movies of all time, like top ten desert island movies of all time. Okay, now I for sure changed it. There's Troll Hunter on here. I'm looking at it. There's Troll Hunter on there, and I definitely changed it this time. I'm looking at it. I'm gonna remember this. I'm gonna remember this. I'm gonna check tomorrow in the morning. It is the morning. Never mind. I'm gonna check in a few hours after I'm done sleeping, and it's gonna say Troll Hunter. If it doesn't say Troll Hunter, then something is seriously up with this app, and I may have to look to other options. But anyway, um, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, let me look at here. Oh, Val Kilmer. Uh, dude, I would suggest either watching this with captions on or watching this more than once because it's there's a lot going on in the movie it's a comedy and it's a mystery that you don't really have to fully understand but there's so much in it like there's so many details and jokes and stuff that i was getting even when i was watching it again with my dad it's just like it's jam-packed with stuff but also the the dialogue is really fast and quick and the like audio isn't great all the time so if you have it on captions you catch all the really good lines and there are some great lines in this movie like val kilmer is amazing 
I had to watch uh, Miami Connection with uh, subtitles, so that might I, that might be the option here. It's just a killer script, and I don't want you to miss any of the good lines. Right. Oh right. my god, thinking about it right now. Oh my god. Val Kilmer, Michelle Moynihan too. Dude, you don't. Ariel Winter. Dang. Everybody's in this movie. Like, dude, I would suggest putting it on mute and watching the trailer because, like, uh, I love this movie. Alex, I'm gonna watch it. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. Don't care. Like. Don't worry, I'm gonna watch it. I'm like in the fetal position where I am at right now. I've taken off all my clothes and I'm sweating buckets. I can't wait for you to watch it. So are you like more eager for me to watch this than you were for me to watch Pulp Fiction? Um, I'm equal. They're just for two different reasons. I wanted you to watch Pulp Fiction because it's a highly entertaining movie made by one of the best filmmakers and you love movies. So I'm just intrigued by showing anyone who loves movies one of the best movies out there. That's just period. And also, I knew your reasonings for not liking Tarantino weren't necessarily warranted or valid. So I wanted you to see what you were missing so that you could understand that you were just kind of like, you were misinformed. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of those movies that it's two things. A... Not very many people really know about it anymore because Robert, like, it was the end of a huge stint of just like a shit ton of movies Robert Downey Jr. was putting out. It didn't make a big splash when it came out, and then all of a sudden he was Iron Man, and that's all he's been ever since. Um, so no one really like talks about this movie that much anymore. They like Nice Guys is pretty much the same thing, and so people really were kind of like comparing it to that. But mostly, Nice Guys is also its own animal. But, but the other thing is this is one of my favorite movies but it's one of my favorite movies because I love Robert Downey Jr. the more movies I've watched and the more movies especially film noirs and detective stories I've seen the more I've grown to love this movie for what it is outside of Robert Downey Jr. Hey, sorry I, I found out what movie we didn't put on the Goodwill oh what was it oh, oh what was Paprika Paprika right there you go. That's right. Okay, I'm adding that right now. I'm adding that right now. I had to go to Anchor for a minute and find it. Thanks for the view, Zach. No, thank you. Yeah, because I, I didn't remember that. Because I went to it and I and I remember I started talking about Requiem for a Dream. I'm like, of course, I'm talking about Paprika. <laughs> that's right. It was just a movie none of us outside of Zach had seen, so that's why we didn't remember it. Okay, it's on there. It's added. One hundred percent, it's on there. Now, if I cool. back up, go back to the wheel, said edit it. Yep, it's still there. They're both still there. Okay, we're good now. We're good. I've gotten lucky with the last couple of weeks of lists. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Chris, I I I personally love this, which is why I'm excited when any anybody I know sees it, um, because it's just a very funny very fun little movie that highlights why Robert Downey Jr. was great before he became Tony Stark. It's the last great Robert Downey Jr. performance before he became Tony Stark. I've actually never seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, so... Oh, oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh so hard. There's so many Zach. good moments. Oh, exactly. And I, I genuinely, like... I, I Because I remember reading about 
RDJ's story leading up to Iron Man about how nobody would hire him because he was he was a drunk and he was on drugs all the time. As you are. Yeah. And it's uh, certainly one of the most interesting stories in Hollywood for sure. Well, it, it's kind of funny because the this was like the this was like kind of the movie where that where if I remember correctly Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man, uh, the directors and the producers told RDJ that they both, both John Favreau and Shane Blackmore told them that if they caught him doing anything, they were going to remove him from the film. It didn't matter if they were two days from filming, they will hire someone else and they will reshoot everything. They uh, And that, you know, he was kind of on his last leg and that it was... Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man that kind of got him to clean up, finally. Actually, um, those were the last of a slew of films that brought him to that point. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was the, uh, it's the finish line for actually that journey. That journey started in 2001 with Wonder Boys with Michael Douglas and Tobey Maguire. And then he was in Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen. He was in Fur with Nicole Kidman. He was in A Guide to Recognizing Your States with Channing Tatum and Shia LaBeouf. He was in, um, God, uh, uh, um, a, a Scanner Darkly. He was in um, Good Night and Good Luck. He was in Zodiac. All of these movies, all of these movies existed between 2001 and Charlie Bartlett. Charlie Bartlett with Anton Yelton. Oh my God, like, he made a slew of movies and the only purpose for each and every one of these movies was so that he could earn enough insurance so that he could work legitimately as an actor. But in every single one of those instances, he had to pull favors. He had to create uh, weird um, situations in which he had to go over the top uh, to prove that he was sober. By the time that he was, oh God, the singing detective with Mel Gibson, there's so many of them. But by the time he'd reached uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it was mostly just kind of like job stuff. Just He was at the end of his sobriety in terms of like he'd already been sober for quite a long time. But like even Val Kilmer, when he was working with him, he decided not to drink. And a bunch of people decided not to drink on set with him. And it was just because by that point, Robert Downey Jr. was like at the finish line of his goal. He was, he was finally well, started. I didn't get him there, yeah. He was, like, he was at the end where it was like, we're still going to do this because you're still trying. And the fact that you're still trying, even though there's a part of you that feels like you don't necessarily have to, that's amazing. And then Favreau stepped up at the last second and was like, I want you. He didn't push for Iron Man. He just walked up to RDJ and was like, I want you to be him. And then they both worked together because of their both, their both of their abilities to improvise and work well. But like, weren't they pretty good friends, friends in general before that too? They were friends before then, but they hadn't worked together. But like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is when he had gotten all his faculties back. He was working again. He'd worked consistently again. He had people counting on him. He had a new wife. He had a new uh, lifestyle. Everything was different. By the time Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out, he was a full person again with a brand new life and a whole so many great things going for him. But he also wasn't the biggest star in the world yet. So what you're getting is one of the greatest actors in the world getting his fifth chance and actually succeeding at it. And he pull, he is murdering this movie because he doesn't think, he thinks this is his pinnacle. He thinks this is as best as he's going to get now. 
he doesn't think he's going to get like big budget Hollywood movies anymore. He thinks he's going to get small movies like this, where he's just kind of like clopping along and being funny and carrying movies that way. That This is where he thinks he's going to be for now on, and he is loving every minute of it. And then two years later, boom, he's the biggest star in the world. And look and at him. Now, I mean, now he's got a producer. Now he's an executive producer for Marvel Studios with Disney. I mean, I don't think he ever imagined himself being there. People, people tend to forget about Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. had four different arcs. There was him rising as a star, which people tend to forget about nowadays. There's him becoming a huge drug addict and like taking shitty roles, and people don't remember that either what people never really tend to think about is the six to eight years it took him to scramble back into uh, a career, not the spotlight, not fame, just a career as a working actor again. It was just a slew of movies. I've seen most of them because I love this guy. But Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the moment where he had himself together again. He was at the peak of his talents again. And he also didn't really care about whether he would be a star anymore and then all of a sudden he becomes a star because he is that good <clears throat> yeah, like, sounds like like 30 years from 30 40 years from now someone's gonna make a biopic about this guy they are they really are that's the thing they really uh, are they really are gonna make a movie about Robert Downey Jr. at some point and his journey to being probably the biggest actor in modern Hollywood and from modern action movies I mean it, it's RDJ it, it's RDJ and Chris Evans That that's kind of it uh, I, I, ironically I would say that the, the thing about that is, is have, he has had one of the most interesting Hollywood stories in general but it would I would be hard pressed to think of anyone who could actually be Robert Downey Jr. that's what I'm talking like 30-40 years from now I'm not saying anybody right now could play him well, that's why I think it's interesting that the movie Charlie Bartlett exists because when I watch Charlie Bartlett and you see it, Anton Yelton has all of the charm and all of the pizzazz, all of the charisma, everything that Robert Downey Jr. has. Watch Charlie Bartlett and like you know when Anton Yelton is on set with Robert Downey Jr., Robert Downey Jr. is looking at this kid going, you have what I have and I'm just going to sit here and let you do your thing. Because you're the next star. You're the one that has... I, I, that, that was one of the first times I was like, oh, wow, he could be Robert Downey Jr. one day. Absolutely. And then he got crushed by his Jeep, which sucked. Yeah, I was, heard that was, yeah, that was a big loss. Um, okay, so uh, there you go, everybody. Uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, it'll be the next uh, movie, and then we're going to do a bad movie, and then a uh, series wheel. So right now... Start thinking about what you want to do with the series wheel. I'm gonna put that out for you guys. I need to. I need to be reminded what's on the series wheel. Oh, I'm gonna oh be okay. I'll pull it up. Um, that is. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We we were doing X Men, but it fell apart because the um the. It's okay. We did. We did, we did. Uh, we did the the East Rail trilogy instead. Right. Okay, on the series wheel now, as it stands, as of March 1st, 2019, at one thirty in the morning, Central Time. Um, 
Terminator. Okay. All of them. Yeah. Dude, you don't need to say all of them. We know. But not all the new listeners know. Um, DC Extended Universe. So Man of okay. Steel on. Yes. Which is now done officially as of today. We forgot to mention that news. They yeah, officially he cut it. Yeah, they're done with Oh, the, really? Well, that's news to yeah. me. They're going to do, they're just going to focus on standalone movies now. Some of the characters will cover over, and it doesn't mean they're not going to try and go for a universe again. But right now, they're like, we're just going to make our own movie. Yep. So uh, the DC Extended Universe is Man of Steel through Aquaman. That's it. Man of Steel through Aquaman, interesting. Even though Aquaman 2 is slated to come out. I believe that's it, or is everything that's in development part of it too, technically? I mean, you can technically say that Shazam would probably be the end. Yeah, I'm talking game. about the Wonder Woman sequels, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I don't, uh, think, I don't think Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad should work because they pushed back Wonder Woman for a year. I, I'm thinking specifically for these changes. Okay. So, DC Extended right. Universe, from Man of Steel to Aquaman, or whenever this thing actually ended, I don't know. Um, the Matrix, not the Animatrix. Oh, that's like one of the more interesting things. No, we decided, no. I know. Indiana Jones, yes, including okay. the fourth one. The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, just the theatrical ones. That is something that I'm happy that you are defining. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, that includes the fourth one. The fifth one's pretty bad, too. Uh, not as bad. They were actually pretty. trying with the fifth one. More I than don't think they one. actually were. That's the thing. No, more than the fourth one is what I'm saying. I mean... You gave I gave it more money. You can't, you can't say they didn't give it more money. But anyways, whatever. Fast and Furious. This includes okay. Tokyo Drift. Burton's Batman, or Burton Schumacher Batman. So okay, from so four movies. Batman to Batman, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, and... Batman Returns. Batman Returns, yeah. The one... Not in particular order. Hey, Alex, I hope for your sake it doesn't land on this again, or maybe you actually do want it to land on this. Mission Impossible, even though you just went through all of them. I don't watch them again. Um, Rocky. This includes Rocky Balboa. Unofficially Rocky Six and Creed. Creed. Two? And Creed. I'll get. I'll, I'll let Creed. Does that include Creed Two as well? Yes. Does yes. Creed Two end in a cliffhanger? Technically, sequel to Rocky Four. That's right. what I was gonna say. I, I'm pretty sure Creed Creed is a hundred percent the Rocky series. Yes, we we've gone through this every time. Creed is a Rocky movie. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, not not oh not the Amazing Spider-Man, just the three that Sam made. Die Hard. Yes, that includes the last one. What the yeah. Evil Dead. It's just a good one. Okay, the last two are really fun. <laughs> Back to the Future. Um, Rambo, this includes the fourth one. Yes, there was a fourth one. Um, Kung Fu Panda. Because <laughs> I had to have mine on there. Um, Daniel Craig's Bond. So, from 
Casino Royale to uh, Spectre. And then Bond 25 after that, if... But then, eventually we get to Bond 25. Beatrice Elba, man, I'm telling you. Well, Daniel Craig's already going to be in Bond 25, so... He's already said mm-hmm. it. He said it himself. Um, and he's not hes not Ben Affleck, so he's not going to go back on it. Um, mm-hmm. Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get to finally see all the context to those ones. And then Lethal Weapon. Okay. Not the TV show. Um, so there you go. That's all of them. It is a huge wheel. Anything can happen. Yeah. So there you go. That's the series wheel. So start thinking of what you guys want to re- replace it with. I already kind of have an idea. As to We're not what pitching I want to them now. What? We're not pitching them now. We're no, I pitch know. Them when the time I, comes. I can't. I, I think we talked about this already, but they have to be. They have to be connected story wise, right? Yes. No, I mean, I mean, we, if we wanted to do the Kinetto trilogy, for example. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, That's I mean, actually. like, yeah, you could. I, I'll, I'll allow that. So you, you would allow, you'd allow the Kinetto. Trilogy. I would allow the. Tri- uh, I mean, you would make me allow it, even if I didn't. Yeah, obviously, they're good. They're good enough for me to make you do it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Um, so for now, right now, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. That's next week. So uh, we will see you guys then. So say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, hold on. Let me, uh... Let me go out on something here. Oh, wait. I muted my TV. Hang on. No, it was Train Yard, right? No, it was the other one. Sorry. There we go. Yeah! I'm so confused. Alright, alright. Good night, guys.